0: Welcome to the Truth in His Art. I am your host Rob Lee, and today I'm in conversation with a net artist, a new media artist, and a teacher based in New Orleans. Please welcome Jenna de Bois Blanc. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Happy to be here.
0: Happy to have you on. It's like I like to get to the more unique artists and i've never talked to a net artist or a new media artist i feel like uh, this this is an honor for me i'm just you know uncovering new planes for my knowledge base (laughs) but um if you Uh, will oh please
1: no i was just gonna say you know i'm setting me up for uh setting the bar high i'm okay with it i'm ready to go
0: that's what we do here all we do is set the bar high you know sometimes people (laughs) jump over it sometimes people crash miserably
1: (laughs) Oh, great. Okay, cool. But good vibes,
0: good vibes coming soon. Um, So if you will, could you give us like your, the intro story? Like what's the story, like how you got started in an arts career? Uh, Cause I've read some interesting things. I read, you know, there might be some science background in there. And so tell me more about like the story, and how we get to where we're at, like right now.
1: Totally. So I think in school, I, I was really obsessed I think probably from growing up in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina, I kind of became obsessed with climate change and the impacts of disasters on um, coastal cities like New Orleans. And that sort of drove me to major in physics because I wanted to do something with renewable energy. And part of the physics curriculum, they there was this class that I took that used arduinos arduinos are like programmable electronics you can control leds you can control motors and sensors and if you know a little bit of code the world is your oyster and there's just so many creative possibilities um and i think over time that. I think I've gravitated towards like, I've always felt like I'm sort of a logical and mathematically minded person, but that creative expression is really what feeds my soul. And so I've really been excited to live at this intersection of art and technology that brings together my love of math and science and engineering with um, my desire to really explore new modes of expression. And so that's kind of how I've landed where I am now. I make work. Right now, I just make work that lives on the internet. That's what the net artist implies. Um, but I've made work with all sorts of different kinds of technologies and new media. So yeah, that's kind of the, the short blurb, I guess. The not-so-short blurb. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no i dig it the I long it.
1: rambling blurb
0: <laughs> no 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 um and and i saw i think it was one installation that i saw like maybe videos from because I, I was doing a deep dive i felt a little stalkery and i was like i don't like this i'm gonna i'm gonna tap out a little bit but yeah i mean it's it's very interesting i'm looking at Arduino's right now because i i do a little coding so you said you know yeah. you know a little code where could be joy look it's gonna oh, be great oh
1: man Oh, you cannot, like, if you are a nerd and you like a little bit of coding, you're going to love Arduinos. I don't know who doesn't love Arduinos. They're so fun. Yeah. Is that what I'm looking at right now? Yes. <laughs> like, like making LEDs go beep-bop, beep-bop, and little robots and stuff. I mean, who doesn't love making little robots?
0: I mean, I'm just going to start walking around impressing people. So, oh, yes. Mm. Code, code, code. <laughs> just to show some stuff it's off. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. So. And so let's talk about like the, like, so the, so the, the net art or any art, because I think it's, you know, anything that you work, any projects you've worked on, is there any like, like pretty much class or lesson that you learned from that physics background? And then, you know, obviously having the uh, master's degree in like digital art that um, you kind of like rest on, like, is there any time where one serves the other and you apply Mm -hmm. that to your work? Tell me, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think that I strive so often to be an artist before an engineer that I think the important questions that drive my work are conceptual. And I try to arrive at something that is visual and then use sort of my background in tech to sort of bring that idea into the world. So to foreground that experience of like being in a digital art MFA, where you're thinking about like aesthetics and you're thinking about formal elements and, um, but my toolbox, I mean, I, I can't, I've never taken, taken a drawing class or a painting class. And like, if you tell me to draw something, you're going to get stick figures all day, but (laughs) My equivalent paintbrush is like, if you tell me to create like a set of geometric forms with code, I'm just gonna bang it out. And so that's sort of like my equivalent, my medium is using code, but I think my, uh, the origin of my ideas is something that's very much grounded in like an artistic practice. Um, At least that's what I strive to do. Sometimes, like, some new shiny technology tool will come out, and I'm like, ooh, what can I make with this? And in that case, like, the new sensor will be driving the idea instead of the other way around. Um,
0: That's legit. No, it does. It does. And I I think um, I was hearing some of Lisa and the – the the uh, I guess software I guess programming world when you have a new thing it's like oh yeah you know like I use SQL all the time right and in mm-hmm. the day job they're like oh yeah we have this new great no does it have SQL under <laughs> it or it's like you know it's like I need to learn something that I can make my my job easier make my process easier through through what I'm doing and. I think during the beginning of COVID, I tried to find a way to incorporate like R in like my process and like finding questions or getting people's bios. Like, yeah, I just need something to like grab different documents offline and just give it to me versus me searching.
1: Yeah. It's like,
0: how, how can I use machine learning here? And it's like, I don't have yeah. the time to get into machine learning.
1: Oh, machine learning is kind of cray. Yeah. There've been times where I'm like, oh, I bet there's so much cool, interesting art you can make with machine learning and it's just, it's such a big nut to crack. I don't even know where to begin.
0: And I feel like the nut is walnut. It's not really good unless it's part of a chocolate chip cookie.
1: <laughs> okay, wait, you know, we say that, but actually there's a new library that came out for um it's called ml5 js but it's designed for artists and it's designed for artists to use machine learning to create work um so it might actually be a macadamia nut it might be it might be something tasty that goes in a cookie you know okay it might not yeah
0: I'm a cashew guy it
1: might be cashew cashews are pretty solid
0: yeah
1: I what's I like the cons I feel like that's a southern thing you know. Do you say pecan or pecan? I say pecan. Oh, no. That's terrible.
0: Uh, Look, I am am a fake southerner, firstly. Uh, No, not really. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I I gave myself an alias when I eventually become a New Orleans-based DJ. We'll talk about that later. Uh, (sighs) So could you point to a an in, in example or, or, or two of like life experiences that have like shaped your creative sensibilities. Because I think like I always look back at high school when this was Mm -hmm. proto Rob podcaster being that jerk that's speaking in the third person (laughs) with that, with the freaking click. So note to self, I need to do this interview. Click. Okay. Here's the interview. (laughs) And that was my first, you know, iteration of trying to do a podcast or at least doing like storytelling or facilitating storytelling. So is there like in in a life experience that kind of shaped your creative sensibility?
1: Oh, totally. I think, um, I was really nervous about claiming the title of artist for a really long time. Cause I like had never, I never had taken an art class. Like I had never really tried to make anything until New Orleans has this light festival every year called Luna Fet, and in 2015. So, oh my gosh, that's like seven years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> um, they had an open call. And I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to push myself to like, I didn't, I didn't, I just really had an idea. I didn't really have much of a prototype or anything, but I submitted my idea and it got accepted. And that was the first time I produced work. It was this installation called the cave, which is probably on my website, but that, that was the first time I made something where I was like, Oh, I am proud of what I made. And like, This is like the joy that comes from producing something that you're proud of, which I'm sure you know, is just like such a high. And it was like, okay, this is a confidence I need to like, at least not necessarily claim the title of artist yet, but to just like flex that muscle and like start making work and see if there's something that comes out that's exciting. And so that was part of like, that feels like the first time when I made real work, which is exciting.
0: That was that was the name that was escaping me because I that was one of the sites that I looked at. I'm on this AIGA New Orleans site and I see all of these. It's it's part of an interview. I see all of these these different images. I was like, this is amazing. This is like a colorful inside of a colorful disco ball or something. This is wild (laughs) to me. I love it.
1: Yeah, it was. So I used I projected I bought I got this shipping or this uh, moving container like a storage pod. And I projected on the back of the wall, this visual, like digital cave, and then people could tweet pictures to the installation and it would take your picture. So let's say you tweeted a picture of your face and then it would render that picture in sort of some artistic style using machine learning algorithms. And then it would embed that image in the cave. So the idea, if I haven't lost you yet, is exploring this moment in time when computers are starting to make art. It's sort of like the cave painting equivalent moment for artificial intelligence. And that was, I think what I love so much about this project is it was like, I thought it was visually impactful. It was like, it was just kind of cool for a light festival. It was, and there was some interactivity. It was like a very serious programming feat. And I thought it was, there was like a conceptual nugget in there. So it kind of was like, I felt like I ticked a lot of boxes and I got, I got really excited about this project. But Uh,
0: yes, you did. Because now now (laughs) I'm looking at this one image now. I'm like, I do see images in there. And (laughs) no, that's, that's really cool. And I'm thinking of nefarious things that I can do with this kind of idea. Just me just stroking my own ego and just different images of me over the years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, it was terrible because, you know, when you have a public event that's anonymous, it's like, oh, God, there's going to be something racist or terrible that somebody's mm. going to tweet to this installation. And of course, I mean, there was a the face of Donald Trump, which is as bad as it got. But I was like, I really I didn't build any like systems around like how to handle if people abuse the tool, which oh, really sucks. People suck.
0: Uh, like, people suck well i mean you're not wrong uh
1: <laughs> no but
0: but I, but I think that's that's the thing and having like parameters and things because uh when like i think of a message board of like all right how can i like words can i flag that then people find creative ways just to be you know shitty for lack of a better term and yeah it's like all right i can't like how can i put it i can't think ahead of the racists because i'm not racist i don't know how <laughs> i can't think for them <laughs> 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 so so tell me about um like right now like what is your like mo- your your biggest source of inspiration at this at this moment
1: mm. so right now for i finished my mfa in digital art last year and i built this little like virtual art gallery and to showcase my work and right now i I've like kind of turned it into an app that I'm using to host shows. The second show is going to take place on September 1st. Um, But right now, like I want to create opportunities for other artists to showcase their work online. That's kind of, I feel like I've taken a little step back from thinking about my own work and thinking about how I can create this platform that creates a community around net artists. Um, Because I think maybe NFTs are like, to be honest, I should know more about NFTs than I do. But uh, (laughs) like, maybe that's how digital artists like make their sell their work. I don't know. But like, from my perspective, a lot of the work that I make, like, it's not something you can easily exhibit in the real world, like because it lives online. And so like creating more opportunities and spaces to have virtual shows is kind of like what I'm excited about right now. Mm, yeah. Um but I haven't like I haven't the cost is like I've spent a lot of time thinking about other people's work, which like, but it's still like it's still it's validating and it's exciting. And I'm gonna I'm looking forward to hopping back in. But it's been a yeah, I'm excited about it. It's called public access memories. Gallery, I like it. That was a little shameless plug, you know. Oh no,
0: we have those later as well. So feel (laughs) free to dive back in. And and I have had a a conversation with uh, a recent grad, uh, L.A. based. And uh, I think her name is uh, Gina Verduzco. and uh, she was talking about like just going through the program of being a curator and being in more of a digital curator. So it's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. more and more attention on that because this this notion of how we consume art has changed, and folks that mm-hmm. are already in at least have a a backing in a space digitally. That's that's mm-hmm. where it's at, you know, because. Yeah. People aren't, I think, going in the same numbers, and I I don't really have anything verified. I don't have any data sitting right in front of me, but in the conversations I've had with different folks who are in museums, they're like, "Yeah, people are not showing up. You, you know, there's no waiting mm. list anymore."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's certain. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. <laughs> mm. So. I read that your clients include or your, your clients and in, has included, like some actually some pretty big names. I see Toyota here. I see NASA. Uh, Florida <laughs> Aquarium. So hello, so, hello. Florida
1: Aquarium. Let's go. Whoop,
0: whoop. I, I don't know. I feel like there's Marlins there. I don't know. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: what are what are some of the considerations that you're, you're making in terms of choosing projects and choosing like, like, I guess, clients you're going to work with?
1: You know, I wish I could say, like, oh, my goodness. I think every artist will say this. Oh, my goodness. I only work with clients that are, like, aligned with my artistic vision and my morals and my, like, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And it comes out of this. Show me the money. I like that (laughs) answer. (laughs) (laughs) It's a honest answer. (laughs) I've been lucky that I'm just, like, Um, the clients, I mean, the ones that I listed are obviously the most high profile and they've just plopped in my lap from like random directions. Um, and you know, obviously there's a certain amount of like, I want to work with people that help to promote my work in ways that I'm excited about. But at the end of the day, I think, um, I would love to be able to make money off of my work and monetize my work in a way that supports myself. I haven't figured out how to do that. so if there's an opportunity that comes along, I'm generally going to hop on. Yeah. Um, but I wish I had a more like compelling, exciting, interesting answer. Like I only work with artists that believe in giving me blah, 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 blah.
0: I try to work with like clients who believe in the same God that I believe in. And that's Krom, you know, from <laughs> from Conan the, the barbarian. I am a nerd. I am so sorry. That was so nerdy. <laughs> I pray to Krom all the time for the lamentation of the women and the blah, 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 blah. I don't know, <laughs> just baby oil. Um, I, I, I did real, I realize I, I missed a question and I, and I wanted to, because I, I think I always get weird about asking, so tell me about your process. That's always a weird question to me, but yeah. I, I want to frame it in a little different way. Um, so. Mm-hmm. When when taking on a project, and I think it kind of lines up with asking about some of the clients. When taking on a project, Mm -hmm. what is the first thing that you do? What's something that's like in the middle? And what's something that's like, Mm -hmm. it's not finished until I got to this point?
1: Yeah. So I think um, probably like working for a client is generally a different process than my own. Generally, when I'm working for a client, there's sort of like a prescription. There's just like a specific idea about what they want to manifest. And it's more of helping to to bring their vision to life. But I would say for my own artistic practice, it almost always begins with me going on a walk with a notebook. And I think since I work with technology, most of the time I'm thinking about the ways that technology impacts our life. Like how does the experience of using Google Maps all the time affect our understanding of place and like our understanding of home and like I can't remember the last time I got lost. Like what have we lost in the process of getting lost? Those types of questions that really try to dig deep on like the ways that technology has informed and is changing the world. And I think when I land on a question that feels meaty, that's like part one. is just like I have to have some conceptual something to like bite into. And then part two is I make a Pinterest board and I just go to town on Pinterest. Just like... (laughs) That's That's great like, actually. <laughs> and it'll be random things like a picture of, I don't know, a door handle that was interesting, or like some artist's work that I really like. Uh, inspiration comes from all different directions, but it's always visual. And I'll do a little sketching. So it's like once if it's like I move from idea to like a set of visuals that I want to work with. And then start to flesh out some ideas. I think the last part of the process is trying, like, once I have something that I feel good about, is just how can I push it even further to add some, like, subtle, create even more complexity than, like, maybe is initially there? Like, how can I finesse it into a place that just takes it, takes, makes it a little more polished? So, but yeah, I have a notebook full of so many bad ideas. Ninety eight, ninety nine
0: point nine percent bad ideas. Same. <laughs> I always keep something writing oriented. It actually gave me a new question to ask you on the uh, rapid fire portion of this, uh, so we'll be getting to that momentarily. But I wanted to at least ask you this because it, it seems like even even when I'm like off center, I'm still organized. So bravo to me. I'm gonna pat myself on the back uh, digitally. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> So I've read that often as, as the audience, like we see what we see. Uh, we might miss certain things, what have you, that, that are being communicated in someone's work. Um, but sometimes I think it's about doing more with less. Like some, you know, mm-hmm. like I always think about like an artist that is like, I'm only going to use one color or the um, the Dr. Seuss thing. I'm only going to use this many words in the cat in the hat or what have you. Mm-hmm. So within your work, where do you choose to kind of omit things? Do you omit things or delete things since it's digital? Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, where do you like choose to like I could put this in there? or I can just leave mm-hmm. this out. This is, you know, one of these little pieces that I'm adding to it of this is what's baked in. This is what's underlying what this work is supposed to show and communicate.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, you know, interest, I think this is an interesting question. So much of my work I would characterize as like a little bit tongue in cheek, like, especially the Netscape's work. Like, There's literally a picture, like one of the pieces in the bodywork is a picture of a Caribbean beach desktop wallpaper with like a hurricane folder just like bouncing around the screen and then all the files are swirling around. Like there's no question like what that's about. Like it's pretty obvious. And like I, to some extent like I kind I feel like maybe I'm just a playful person in my work I want to be a little bit playful and kind of like stupid and silly and so in a lot of instances like I don't think there's like there's not a question like, what is Jenna trying to get on me on this one? (laughs) Um, Um, that being said, I mean, there's certainly like, I have a full spectrum of work. There are times when I made like one of my favorite, uh, compositions is called jungle gyms. And it's, I, there's this video of this cordoned off playground during, um, covid that i just thought was such a good symbol of the whole of all of quarantine and i interweaved some of these visual elements like um the windows 98 screensaver the you remember the pipes that would like run all over the screen so i had i got the code for that and i and and i interleaved that into this composition with the with the playground in the background and it's just there's so many symbols in my mind that link this pipe cleaner because it kind of looks like it creates these forms that look like jungle gems that are like similar to the video in the background and they sort of cut up all of the space on the screen there's i can like i can riff for like 10 minutes about why like some of these elements visually and conceptually are linked but i I think it's my own little rabbit hole that sometimes people can latch onto, but they don't always. And so I kind of think in my mind, the trick of leaving things out is to just like is to riff on a rabbit hole without thinking too hard about it. Cause if you think too hard about it, I think it becomes obvious to the yeah. to people that are consuming it like what you're riffing on. But to just like it's almost like a free association of ideas that like take you down this like visual journey i don't know if that makes sense but i think it does i think it does yeah yeah so sometimes i'm like you know what i'm just gonna make a picture of yosemite on fire and you're just gonna laugh at it because that's what you're supposed to do and sometimes i'm just gonna obscure all meaning from you and when i decide to do what is actually a good question i probably should think more about that
0: no, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's, that's a great answer. I, I, I like it. We're, as we we rewind down here, uh, I got some rapid fire questions for you. Um, I, I hope you're ready for them. Everyone gets the rapid fire questions.
1: Okay.
0: Right. So thing to keep in mind is don't overthink it. Don't go down that rabbit hole, that, that tunnel. That okay. Pipe, as it were. Uh, okay. Dream project. I just want to start off with Dream Project.
1: Uh, dream Project. I can tell you the dream gallery I would like to exhibit in, which is Bitforms in New York. Dream Project honestly would probably be a physical installation that, like, is immersive that you step into and involves projection and interactivity. And honestly, if I knew what that dream project was, I would be making it right now is the problem. I feel like I'm in a little bit of a creative rut, which is probably why I'm focusing on other people's work at the moment rather than my own. But when I land on that dream project, I'm going to send you an email.
0: Okay. I'm going to be looking for it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, may even have to take a trip down at Inyolins. I I can't say it. Oh yeah, I should not say it like that. That sounded terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'll throw this at you real quick before I get to the next question. The one time that me and one of my buddies went down there, um, again, always for my birthday, we wanted to see a Pelicans game and just kind of hang out, and um, we kept just saying smoke sausage to each other. And I know (laughs) that people were like the Uber driver was like, I hate these guys. Oh
1: my god,
0: we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> what is your uh what's your favorite drink
1: um my i well i just drank a lot of negronis this summer Ooh. but if i go to a bar i'm probably gonna order a gin gimlet i drink a lot of gin that's legit yeah uh, i don't know is it maybe that's no, legit
0: i um i discovered because uh, I've, I've gotten into vermouth recently mm. and sweet vermouth and i like really like strong like cold brew and apparently that mm. is a drink that goes together. It's like oh. a coffee Negroni. So oh, I, nice. I, I'm just like raising myself up. I need and to then, try this out. i <laughs> been bringing myself down. <laughs> what are, oh. what are, now these are going to get progressively weirder, by the way. Okay. Uh, name three things next to your bed. They're always like next to your bed. <laughs>
1: Is this a PG 13 show? Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I could tell you right now I have a coaster of, it has a crawfish on it, a crawfish, like sitting in a lawn chair. Uh, I feel pretty happy about that. That's really funny. Every, yeah. It's special. Um, oh, what's over that? Uh, I have a sewing kit. You know, I really, I feel like, next summer i'm just going to sew i've never sewed really but that just feels like what i'm going to do i'm going to get into textiles okay that's lame that was a stupid answer no third mm-hmm. answer is uh my cat i love my cat he's such a fluff baby <laughs> He wants to join this interview, probably.
0: That's funny. <laughs> okay,
1: those are lame answers. Moving on.
0: <laughs> no, they're fine, and and I and it, <laughs> it actually kind of answers one of my one of my questions. No, it actually touches on one of my questions. Uh, so, uh, what's something that because I I, I I I read the Austin Kleon book and uh, the still still like an artist, and he was talking about that uh, digital to to um, analog loop. So, you know, a lot of your stuff is technologically based, and all of that. So tell me about any thing that's always going to be analog that just like, regardless of mm-hmm. what I do, like some people like I need to have a notepad, I can type it in my phone, yeah. I gotta have pen and paper. So what is something that's yeah. always analog for you?
1: That's a good question. Definitely. There's, I feel like there's just something innate about the connection between your brain and your hand. Like, mm-hmm. I just, and I will say that it's actually, I do do most of my work with Google Docs, even just my, because it's so easy to copy paste and whatever, but there's, you know, I'll just never lose that desire to like, yeah, I want to have a notepad and just, and scribble and analog. You know, I honestly, I don't, really watch television or movies i know it's crazy it's like
0: none of my questions because, are gone now
1: <laughs> you can still try me on the questions but i like i don't have a lot of free time so when i do i want to spend it making work and so i don't consume media in that way so in some in a lot of ways i feel like well, I was going to say I kind of live more in an analog world, even though all my work is pretty technological. But but that's not even true because I'm working on my computer. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the notebook. It's, I think, indispensable as an artist. You just got to connect with the physical world yeah. through your hands.
0: Use your digits, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, totally. I I made it a point this week because usually I'll be in Google Drive and like that's where your questions are currently at. And yeah. um and I, I had some questions that I wrote down and I was like, let me just type these up because that feels more professional, more polished. And I was like, nah, nah, let's just see what we get. Let's let's just try it out. Yeah. And sometimes for me, because like I kind of just get into it. And even if like, I'm feeling like, a the interview is going bad or interview is going left. I'm like, there's enough of me doing this enough, uh, hours in the ring as it were, that I'm going to be able to flip it. So let me add some degree of difficulty so I can keep myself honest and not just coast. Mm-hmm.
1: So having yeah.
0: something like that, I was like, let me look at my notes. Oh, that's a stupid question or not even <laughs> you no know, scratching or deleting. It's like, maybe there was yeah. a different thought that was in this question that if I'm deleting mm-hmm. as i'm typing that i'm losing something in there
1: mm, that's interesting that's really interesting
0: this is the last question
1: <clears throat> okay
0: everything has gotten us <clears throat> to this point what okay. is something what is something without fail that always makes you laugh
1: oh okay this movie's so stupid don't judge me Prom- um, no promises. <laughs> <laughs> the movie Galaxy Quest. Oh my god, with Tim Allen and corny like Weaver. I, it's I, it's one of like two. It's like the only movie I can watch over and over again and still think is funny. It's it's really dumb. I don't know that I need people to know that, but you know, if it happens, it happens. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's it's in this podcast now. And this is a uh, <laughs> this, this is a document of history answering the hard questions.
1: <laughs>
0: so um, so I want to thank you for for being on this podcast and indulging my uh, rapid fire questions. And um,
1: yeah, absolutely. so. Thanks.
0: So with that, um, I want to invite and encourage you to now it's time for Shameless Plugs, invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, check out your work and just, you know, the floor is yours
1: that's super sweet of you uh probably the easiest way to find me is at my website which is j-d-e-b-o-i j it looks like jdboy.com probably should have made that easier to say that's what
0: i wrote actually (laughs) 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 i was
1: like
0: yeah i'm interviewing Jay (laughs) it's like which rapper is this
1: (laughs) yeah i you know i made all of my handles like when i was like 14 and i didn't think too hard about that and now it's too hard to change all of them so it's just like that's where we are so that's what we get that's funny (laughs) oh god it's so funny to think about your handles when you're a teenager i don't know if you're approximately the same age as me but there's some just really bad ones back in the day but that's another story uh also, uh, I'm really excited about the gallery space right now and would love to plug that. And that is publicaccessmemories.com and that's a virtual gallery space where I'm going to be hosting shows a couple times a year. So, it has been a pleasure to get to know you Rob and to be a part of your podcast. I'm excited to check out more of your episodes.
0: Well, Thank you. This has been uh, this has yeah. been a treat. So, yeah. um yeah, we'll we'll wrap there.
1: Cool. Okay.
0: So, for Jenna de Bois Blanc, I'm Rob Lee saying if there's art in and around your city, you just gotta look for it.